how can a person make sure that their telling praises of tzaddikim won't be considered Lushan Hara, meaning that it's very possible that other people hearing all of those praises will want to prove that these tzaddikim are not as great as most people believe. And this will result in Lashon Hara being spoken. The answer is that the Zohar Kodesh says, Fortunate is the person who speaks to ears that are willing to listen. Before a person tells something to somebody, you have to know who you're talking to. And when a person is telling all the things that are that depend on emuna, you have to first think carefully whether that person is on the level of emuna, whether they believe in Sadiq, they don't believe in Sadiqim, whether a person is going to hear this and, and respect it, or chas v'shalom not. That's a decision that a person has to make in general when talking to people, when trying to bring a person close to Hashem. You have to think carefully whether the person is ready to hear what I'm saying. Because the Gemara says, just like it's a mitzvah to tell someone something they're going to listen to, it's a mitzvah not to tell someone something that you know they're not going to listen to. There's a story that I once heard from Rav Rosenfeld, a beautiful story, <clears throat> that one of the great tzaddikim, I believe it was the first Vishnitz Rebbe, in the Avas Yisrael, that he lived in a city in, in Europe, and at one point somebody came to him and told him a terrible story that there's an almana, a widow, whose husband passed away a while ago, and she struggles to support a family, <clears throat> and she lives in a rented apartment, and the owner of the apartment is a wealthy person, and she hasn't been able to come up with all the rent, and he told her that he's going to throw her out. If she doesn't get paid by a certain day, she's out on the street, he doesn't care, winter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't mean anything to him. He heard this, and he immediately got up and started putting on his coat. So the student told him, you, you don't know this person. He has no respect for rabbis. To him, the only thing that matters is money. He's very wealthy, and he's not. he doesn't care, period. The rabbi wasn't interested. He told his rabbi, come with me. They go, they travel to, the, to where the person lives, a mansion. He lives in a beautiful mansion. And the rabbi <clears throat> rings the bell, waiting and waiting, and sure enough, a servant comes, opens the door, who are you? He says who he is, <clears throat> and we're here to see the, the master of the house. Okay, please wait. Tells them to come in. They look like respectable people. They come into the house. It's a mansion. Beautiful, beautiful. Everything there looks regal. And they come into a room. They're sitting there waiting. They're waiting a few minutes, and the, 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 the host comes in. He sits down, and he sits opposite them, and he's waiting for them to talk. And the rabbi is looking at him, and he's staring at him, and he can tell that the rabbi is serious, but not saying anything. He waits a minute or two. You can imagine in the silence, a minute or two feels like a long time. And then he figures, maybe they want me to speak first. So he says, I'm sure you look like important people. I'm sure you came here for an important reason. Can, can I hear what you're here for? And the rabbi is just looking at him, staring at him. He's wondering, what, what in the world is this all about? Goes on for another couple of minutes, and then the rabbi says to his gabbai, we can leave. And now he's curious. What in the world is this all about? He sees the rabbi is not a joker. You know, there's got to be a reason for this. 
So he says, you came here for a reason. Tell me what you came for. He says, no, I'm not going to tell you because you're not going to listen anyway. How do you know? How do you know? Maybe I will listen. No. No. And he's back and forth, back and forth. And then the rabbi says, I came finally. He insists. And he says, I'll tell you what I came. I came here to fulfill a Gemara. There's a Gemara that says that just, I came here to do a mitzvah. What mitzvah? The Gemara says that just like it's a mitzvah to tell someone something they're going to listen to, it's a mitzvah not to tell them if you know they're not going to listen. So I came here to fulfill that mitzvah. And now I can leave. He's walking out the door. And now his curiosity is killing him. He's wondering, what, what could it be? You know, I, there's, there are very few things I can't handle. So he says, please, what if I give you my word that I'll, I'll listen? What? You're not going to listen. I know you're not going to listen. What if I give you a, sh- a kioskaf? I'll shake your hand. He says, yeah, really? You mean it? He says, yeah, yeah, of course. He says, give me your hand. He says, you, you, you're going to listen to whatever I tell you to do. He says, then you low life. You nothing. You're living here in a mansion like this, and yet you're not ashamed to take rent from a, a poor person like that, a widow who doesn't have a husband, doesn't you're threatening for the rest of her life. She doesn't pay any rent. You got to pay her to live in your house, you know. And that was the end of the story. That's this mitzvah, fulfilling the mitzvah of not telling somebody something when you know that they're not gonna listen. 